Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome into the Gramlich and McLean podcast. It's time, of course, as it is every Monday, to break down the games of the weekend. Only four games again. We're in kind of this middle of October world where we have less games. But Mac, I do want to I want to shout out the people on YouTube who've been watching, who've been getting those videos over a thousand views as kind of like the baseline, which is amazing. So we really appreciate that. And just last week, Mac, last week was a really fun week for the podcast with all the Syracuse Clemson coverage. And the game did not disappoint. That's for sure. It was amazing. What a fun weekend. And it was started by this game right here on Saturday. I mean, whatever you wanted, it it happened in that game. You you wanted an underdog thriving. You wanted crazy turnovers, unbelievable backup quarterbacks going in. Uh, Just what a stand-up defensive plays, comeback story. It was all there and uh, an emotional roller coaster for sure. Um, You know, I, I remember watching the game and it's 21 to 10. And I'm just on Twitter, you know, whatever. I like to do some play by when we're not like working. I like to do some some thoughts while we're going. And um, so these Syracuse fans are getting after me. They're just like, "You thought it'd be a blowout? You're so dumb!" And uh, you know, they're like, uh, "What was one that was so funny?" Oh, they're like, "Cannot wait to see Eric McLean's reaction after this game." And of sure. course, I'm not saying I don't respond or I don't say anything. I don't want to be rude. And uh, then Clemson comes storming back. I'm like, oh, did you really want to see that? I don't know if you did. Um, but an amazing game, KG. You were there. Come on, yes. give me the inside beats of of what it was like. I was there, and it was a it was just a great college football game to watch, to be a part of. The weather was perfect. Not a cloud in the sky. It was just a picture perfect day um, for college football. It was great and. The atmosphere in the stadium was really, really interesting because between the DJ (laughs) for a little bit, the DJ fumble, which Syracuse returned for for seven points between that and when Dabo inserted Kate Klubnik, which is just not something we thought we would see. There was a real lull and there weren't that many Syracuse fans. There was a pretty small contingent. And it's honestly, it's hard to tell because they're also wearing orange. It's very confusing. They were everywhere. You just don't know. Yeah, (laughs) but they got pretty loud during that time. I mean, you could hear them. You could definitely yeah. hear them. And you could feel yeah. there was a confidence for Syracuse. The Cade Klubnik decision. Why don't we just start there? With, you want to get straight time. into it. Come Let's on. Okay. We I'm can talk about the turnovers for days. But um, Clemson <laughs> beats so Syracuse 27 to 21. And Dabo inserts Cade Klubnik. I'm in the stands. I'm just, I'm watching. I'm not there as a media member. And I see Cade starting to do this. On the sideline, like warming up the arm. If you're watching on YouTube, warming up the arm. Hey, it's like the, uh, do, you, do you remember? Do you remember the Panther commercial of that kid doing that? Like looking at yes. Cam Newton, he said, "I'm going to take your job." That's all <laughs> I was thinking about when I saw that kid doing that. Basically, he's doing high knees. He's getting ready, and still, part of me thought Dabo's not going to do this. I mean, part of me still thought that because, and we've talked about it on the podcast, Mac, because of how well DJ has played. Like, right. even though he was really struggling the picks and the fumble and all that, it still felt like, and he said it after the game, this is still his team. So I was honestly kind of surprised. And I think if they don't go score on that drive, which was a lot of running the ball, it's not like Cade went out there and just blew people out of the water. No. If they don't score on that drive, I think he probably puts DJ back in. But 
Cade kind of earned his way to stay out there. Were you surprised with what transpired there at the quarterback position? Well, I want to ask you that first because I've already said this a thousand times. So I want to see, just as an athlete and as a, a, a highly skilled basketball player, and I know it's different sports and maybe that, you know, maybe twist your mind a little bit differently. I, I want to know your thoughts on after it happened, not that you didn't think or did think it would, but when it did happen, were you shocked? Were you like, what the heck are we doing? What What were your thoughts there? I'd love to hear this. I was surprised. I really didn't think he'd do it just because of how good DJ's been all season. Sure. And I, I really I'm thought after, after it happened, what, what were you thinking? Well, I was thinking Dabo's going to come out and say, this is still DJ's team. I was okay. thinking he's going to say that because in the end, win or lose, win or lose yeah, in the moment. Yeah. Because yeah. that's yeah. just what Dabo's going to do. And yeah. in the end, Klubnik was, was poised and he made good decisions but he was two for four for 19 yards. He yeah. had the he had the great throw on the two-point conversion, which really was just an incredible play. But he didn't go in there. It wasn't like when Trevor Lawrence came in against Georgia Tech when Kelly Bryant <laughs> got benched and Trevor threw for four touchdowns. It was not that. Now, again, this is a very good Syracuse defense, so that's part of it. But Cade didn't go out there and say, you know, I'm leaving no doubt. This is my job. That He didn't. At Clemson's offensive line and Will Shipley and Phil Moffa made that happen. Not saying Kay didn't make some good plays, but I think that was part of it. The other thing that I couldn't help but think when I was in, in the stands watching down there and I was telling this to my husband, it's like, Klubnik's been sitting there for two and a half hours, just sitting there. <laughs> he hasn't run. He hasn't thrown since warm-up, since probably like 1130. So maybe three, three hours of sitting there. And I can just speak from the point of view of coming off the bench in a basketball game where you've been sitting there for 45 minutes and mm -hmm. you feel cold. I can't imagine how cold you feel. And then you're thrown into a football game where one wrong step. The number step one defense in the and, ACC. Yeah, one wrong step and you could die, as Max says. So, I mean, that part is 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 very difficult and something I think you, you appreciate a little more if you've played. But right. I was still surprised, Mac. Now, okay, tell me what you were thinking. Yeah, I have one more follow-up. I'm sorry. Okay, so okay. If you, like, let's say you're playing in a game and you're 0 for 10. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to I'm dramatic and maybe it's worse than that maybe it's over 15 first of all how dare you insinuate right that. right I, I would never expect that to happen would you like want to be out like if coach benched you how how would you feel because i see both sides of this yeah. and i want to see your thoughts on it no i don't want you to want be stay out in? Really? but also i think football like is if so we're losing because like you're turning the ball over you're it's just no, I don't want to be out. But you want to keep going. <laughs> I think post game, if yeah. you put someone else in for me, they play well and we win. I think right. DJ's perspective was very mature, saying, "Yeah, that's what the team needed, and we just want to win." That's the bottom line. But I also think football is so different, and I I, I try to equate yeah. I try to equate it to my experience. But I mean, even for you, Mac, let's say you're having a terrible game. If I give on, up three or four line. sacks in a row, I expect to be benched. Like sure, it's, sure. I'm just not doing it. But let's say you put someone in. And, yes, you're a yeah. very important piece. You're not touching right. the ball in every play. It's yeah. it's very different with the quarterback position. Because it's the, it's the hardest one. It's and you're not position. bringing him back in because he didn't for a series. Like, that's something. If you bench right. a shooter, you bring them back in right. after 10 minutes. It's, it's, so, it's so different. It's so unique. So, here, okay, here we go. So, here's my idea. So, I – I was fine with it because everything that could go wrong was going wrong. True. And Very true. It, it, to me, it was this 
Hail Mary, desperation. We've got to do anything because we can't do anything right now. So we, we have to do something. What, what's the most dramatic thing that we can do is change your quarterback. And what was weird about DJ's performance is it was like, it, it was just mind blowing. It, it was crazy because he would make a really good throw. He would make a really good run. And then it was just like, I'm going to spin the ball in my hand and drop it. What the heck just happened? I'm, I'm going to try to hand this ball off not tuck it in the backside corner, knocks it out 90 yards the other way. I'm not going to read that it's, you know, cover one, not cover two, and I'm going to fade a tight end with all I have to do is put it right on him as a 30-yard gain, and it's a pick. And so it, it was just this really, really weird, like, fog almost of just, like, yeah. what is happening? What What is going on? And I think it was the, the like, quickness of it. Like, Clemson turned the ball over three times in a row, back to back to back, Within like 10 plays. I mean, it was crazy to see this perfect storm. And in that same breath, I have to give Syracuse all the credit in the world because they were balling out. They were forcing yeah. these turnovers and Their creating confusion. Yeah, creating confusion post-snap, pre-snap, hitting the ball out, getting that big fourth down stop, not allowing anybody to get movement. So to me, it was just you got to do you have to save the season. How can you do it? Put a different quarterback in. Now, here's the thing that is interesting to me because they won. It's a great decision. They won the football game. The thing that was interesting to me was, as you pointed out, Cade did not win the football game for right. Clemson. DJ, I think, could have done everything that Cade did in that game. So it's a weird thing because I think that there's a couple of things that happened because of that. Because Cade goes in, I think – uh, uh, CJ Spiller, I think Dabo Sweeney went to Shipley and said, you have to dominate. Yeah. You have to be After the guy. he had just fumbled. Right. I think the defense felt like we have to play out of our mind. Like, we have to win the game. Mm -hmm. And they did. And so I don't know if those two things happen if DJ stays in. Because it was almost like a, Correct. we've yeah. got to rise. Everybody else has to rise up. So I don't know if that happens. But I do know without a question of the doubt that DJ could hand the ball left and right and those guys could get those yards. I would add this. I, I think I also tweeted that it felt like to me DJ was mentally done. And sometimes you have that. I mean, it happens. It can happen to any athlete where nothing's going your way. Mentally, you just feel like you don't have it, especially right. after that second pick. That's why I was asking you if you have all these turnovers and go 0 for 15, but what do you think? That's a coach's decision. <laughs> yeah, That's not yeah. my decision. You know what I mean? Right. That's why the coaches yeah. get paid the big money. So that's right. a good decision. The second thing where I think Kay did make a, a big difference is I thought you had to respect his speed more and it opened up more for Shipley. Because, yeah. yes, you're worried about DJ powering through the line and picking up five or you're worried about him in a goal line situation. But you're not worried about him beating someone to the edge. And right. you are worried about that with Klubnik. So I thought, right. and Klubnik, if you watch him, I mean, he sells those fakes like nobody's yeah. business. I mean, he is yeah. sprinting. Right. <laughs> so I thought that did open up some of the run game. And you can't really prove that because if they, if right. Shipley continues to run the ball well in the second half and DJ's in there, whatever. But I do feel like that was a factor. And right. Syracuse is just, in some ways, their defense is, is panicking a little because they didn't really expect this. So well, they're, I, they're thinking yeah. differently. I think what what was interesting is is Clemson found a tendency very early, and it was and th this is relatively common sense. But a three three a three three five mm -hmm. is not built to stop the run. So if you can commit to that and sell out and and have success, then okay, let's play bully ball, and that's exactly what Clemson did. So right. it was almost this 
like, okay, we know in the back of our mind, we can just run this ball. Let's just stop passing it. And so they did that and, and obviously ran the ball at will. I mean, they, they dominated, to be quite honest. But, but I think what was so interesting about it was how long maybe it took to get there. Like, yeah. we're still trying to throw the ball. And I know, you know, adverse situations happen. You get behind the sticks. You maybe don't get anything on a run, whatever. But I, I don't know. It was super weird. I, I want to get give Will Shipley and the defense a little credit and then move on to Syracuse. Ship just, he played out of his mind. Mm-hmm. And he's the type of guy, now that we've seen like three weeks in a row, two weeks for sure, where he goes over 230 yards he is this Clemson team. I mean, it has yeah. been fascinating to see this thing kind of morph and evolve to where he's the go-to guy, and he delivers like time and time again. We saw him, you know, finally hit that big home run, that breakaway speed. That was kind of a uh, a little knock that we had. It's like, man, he's just so close; he just can't get it done. Uh, you know, when it comes to that, you know, fifty-plus yard touchdown, he got that done. His pass protection was excellent, catching it, you know, out in routes and getting in space. Uh, as he said, that's what we're trying to do, and, and they did that. Um, the defense, I mean, you can't talk enough about a, a, a you know, three-quarter the of the game. Yeah, three-quarter yeah. of the game shutout. Well, I mean, really in in the first half, right. too, I went back and looked at it, KG. I mean, the first drive, you know, that they gave up a couple chunk plays but then turned up. The first one, Syracuse just – I mean, that was beautiful football to see what they did on that second it drive was. and march down it the was. field. But then after that, it was just like, well, these guys are kind of hammering them and, and doing their thing. And then, as yeah, as you said, the second half, it was just nuts. The, the seven tackles for loss, four sacks. I mean, Q's just there, – there was nothing that they could do. The, those guys just got so aggressive, started making plays. And, and really that second touchdown uh, that, that Syracuse's offense scored, which was only 14 points um, – they like weren't rushing. They were so afraid mm-hmm. of Schrader's running ability is guys were taking two or three steps and just standing there. And I'm just like, what are you doing? Like you have to go. What? You got to go. And and he kind of tore them up there and then they, they figured it out a little bit. Um, so got to give credit to that defense that they played out of their mind was really impressive, but you know, Syracuse is for real. I don't, I don't want anybody disrespecting that team because they played so well. The, the worst thing that I think is going to happen, KG, and I'm talking a lot here, I'm sorry. People are going to sit here and say Clemson struggle with a bad – like, Cuse is good, and they're going to have the opportunity I don't listen to, to those that people. With, that's right. I hope not. I hope not. And you don't know what you're talking about, honestly, if you, you say that. You don't. You and don't. I saw Josh Graham, he tweeted this. He does radio in North Carolina where um, LSU beats Ole Miss at home, kind of blows them out. Mm-hmm. And the narrative is, oh, wow, LSU must be pretty good. Clemson struggles with a top 15 Syracuse. Right. And the narrative is Clemson's overrated. That's ridiculous. Right. Syracuse, the best defense in the ACC. <laughs> Syracuse is a really good team. They are. And just let's talk about Syracuse here for a sec because – we have quite a few Syracuse fans that have started subscribing, and we love those people, and we, we want to support Syracuse in every way. And I love this team. I think this team's really fun to watch. The two things I really thought about this. Number one, I thought, and we mentioned this, having kind of a one-dimensional passing game where it's Aronde Gadsden or no one hurt them a little bit. Now, Gadsden is still a freak. I mean, he is freak. good. But let, you, let me say this real quick. If he fully commits to being a tight end, he can be a first-round draft pick, no question. He like he, he's Travis Kelsey. He's Travis Kelsey. He's, it's unreal to watch him. He's incredible. But you he d- you weren't really afraid of anyone else in the receiving game. And Clemson was able to limit Sean Tucker. So that, yeah. that was a big part of it. But I think overall for Syracuse, you, you move on. I mean, I know this is a very difficult loss 
because you felt like you had it and you're up 21-10 and you're feeling right. really good. But you've got to find a way to, to move on because you have so much left, so much left to play yeah. for. The other thing I've seen from Syracuse fans, and I want to ask your thoughts on this, Mac, some of the calls in the second half, I would say Clemson caught some breaks. There's no doubt. But, I mean, I, I agreed with most of those calls. And some Syracuse fans say, of course you do. The, like the P.I., I think that was a P.A. The guy, the guy climbed his back before right. he could catch the ball. So what did you think of some of those, some of those calls? I kind of let Clemson back in the game. Yeah, you, I definitely think that the the late hit was the late hit. Yeah, that changed the game. I mean, that was a hundred percent a late hit. That was the dumbest play I've ever seen in my life. That was it's third and twenty five, and you know, you have all the momentum, and you knock the guy a yard out of bounds. I mean, that was that was stupid. Um, and then the I think it was like the very next play, there was another fifteen yard penalty, which I understand. Like you are, you're an aggressive defense. Yeah. You have the mob. Like you're trying to kill people out there. And Cade gets tackled, and they, like, slam his head on the ground. They're, like, trying to bully him, and they get caught. And you get 15-yard penalties, then Clemson walks in the end zone. I think the the most egregious that, that people are really upset about that I think was a missed call mm-hmm. was the late hit on Garrish, right? Yes. Like, that, to me, was a late hit. The, the only thing that I could even defend, and I would do this if it was reversed, if it happened to Clemson, contact was made on the field of play. When 99 hit Cade Klubnick, he hit Cade Klubnick when Cade was out of bounds. 54 was locked up with Garrett Schrader, and then there was a little push afterwards that obviously Garrett went flying. Interesting. They were connected, though, on the field. So to me, yes, it should have been 15. It's not as a blown call as I think some of these people are making the seem. And at the same time, this is the Clemson arrogance coming out of me right now. You weren't doing anything. What did it matter? Just you got three more plays to punt? Like, there was nothing happening. The offense was don't, struggling a lot. They were getting half. murdered. Yeah. They were getting murdered. Like, don't blame don't blame the loss on that one thing. There was a lot of other sure. things. Not capitalizing on five touchdowns. Not being able to score on that defense. There was a lot of other things that, that are fixable for you that it wasn't just, like, don't don't be silly. And that, that's kind of a loser mentality to blame it on sure. one call of an entire game. The, and you got to give credit to those guys. They played really well. Syracuse played unbelievably well. The turnovers were unreal. Uh, the four turnovers. And when you lose a turnover margin by four, you should lose. And I think that's where Syracuse fans are just kicking themselves. Because yeah. to go into Clemson and win, which hasn't been done in six years, like you need some breaks. And they got the breaks. Yeah. They got them. They did. Just couldn't couldn't do enough with it. But still, yeah. a super entertaining game. I think this game really lived up to the hype. It, we were talking about it getting more hype than Clemson and NC State, even though that was a top ten matchup. And I would say this game lived up to that hype. <laughs> I think so too. And, and I will, one more. Things. That's right. All the all the orange in the, in the stadium there. The last thing that I, I really want to say about Syracuse, and then we can kind of move on here. We've been on here for a while. The the attack in the second half. I know it was super limited, but the fact that Sean Tucker only had five mm. carries was nuts to me. And I don't know if there's a health thing there, and maybe that'll come sure. out later this week if, if he was injured and banged up. But Garrett ran it 21 times. Like, that's just, wow, that's a lot. Really? And you become, yeah, 21. I didn't, you I didn't become, you become super one-dimensional and predictable. And people know, you know, what you're, what you're really going to do there. So, barring injury, um, which maybe that's the case. I'm not sure. But that, that was something where I thought it was, mm, you're kind of you're shooting yourself in the foot a little bit. Yeah. It felt like Syracuse in the second half with an 11-point lead was playing not to lose. Yes, which that's the thing. Listen, we've seen that with Boston College against Clemson a couple of years ago. 
where they had them on the ropes. And it's like, you go into halftime, you go into halftime winning. You're like, oh my God, we're winning. What is happening? I don't know if Syracuse necessarily did that, but that's how it felt Mm -hmm. in the second half. Instead of kill, 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 we got to go. We got to go. You have to put your, your foot on Clemson's throat. You have to. Yes. Okay. I think we, I'm happy we spent 20 minutes on that game because it was epic. (laughs) Let's talk about the other three all a little less epic, but that's okay. Um, the other ranked team that was in action this weekend is Wake Forest. Number 13, Wake Forest beat Boston College 43-15. to 15. They yeah, covered, yeah. as oh. Mac and I suggested. And they have now defeated BC by 21 or more, I believe, in three of the last five. So they've been dominating this team. And the offense was just too much. Honestly, Mac, I like the headline from ESPN, Wake Forest bullies Boston College, as Hartman accounts Ooh. for six total touchdowns. That's really what it was. Wake's offense was just too good. BC had some moments. Zay Flowers still had some moments, but the Deeks handled their business. They did what they were supposed to do. And and that, I think, is the biggest point. They did what they were supposed to do. They did what we thought they could do, and that is what top 10 teams do, which Mm. Wake Forest better be in the top 10. I know we're recording this on Sunday. It's 145. The poll's going to come out probably right when we're done with this. Uh, But Wake should be in the top 10, and When you just see this team, KG, to me, offense has always been good, right? If if you guys go back and listen to kind of our preview episodes and we talked to Coach Kloss and we kind of said what we thought this season would look like, I had no quarrel with the offense. I thought they were going to be better than a year ago, and that has proven correct so far. These guys are averaging 100 million points a game. The question mark was the defense. What can those guys do? Can they step up at all? Can they make plays? These last four or five weeks – They've been doing that. I think it was four weeks. They, they've been really since stepping Liberty. up. They're, they're, yeah, since the Liberty game, since the embarrassing Liberty game. Liberty blew um, up BYU, though. <laughs> I saw that, which was incredible. That was unbelievable. Um, but that that's kind of the missing piece. And the final piece, KG, is, is that defense being able to hang in a big-time game where you do enough. Like, I'm not saying you have to go out there and be dominant, but you have to be enough that if you play a big-time opponent, you're able to take a possession away. You're able to get something sneaky and get it done. I went on Packer and Durham. I went on ACC PM and talked about this. You're telling me Wake Forest can't hang with Tennessee? You're telling me Wake Forest can't hang with Alabama? They can score. Those guys don't play defense, which neither does Wake, neither does some of these other teams. Let's go play. Let's go see. Because these wide receivers for Wake Forest are some of the best in the country. Sam Hartman is one of the best in the entire country. The things that he's able to do, KG, the way that he can manipulate this offense and it's just when they get to the red zone, I, I keep reflecting back on what EJ Manuel said in the comparison to Aaron Rodgers. When he gets in that red zone, this he's a magician. Like he can move you with his eyes, he can move you with his feet, and you think he's doing something. Boom, AT Perry's wide open in the end zone, and he's going to hit him. So to me, Wake Forest is a really good football team. They're continuing to get better. And I think that this just you got to give them the respect. And their, their totally schedule's going to help them. Their schedule's going to help them do it. It gets tough in a hurry here, and they're going to have an awesome opportunity. It's going to be fascinating to see how they finish this season and where they are come bowl time. This Wake team, to me, is one of the most intriguing heading into November. And I think yeah. there's so much ahead for Wake. Let's just say Clemson wins out and Clemson wins the ACC. I'm not saying it's going to happen. Let's say it happens. I think Wake has to be completely locked in on an Orange Bowl bid. If you win out, yeah. your one loss. Now, hey, let's we'll see what's going on with the playoff. But Wake Forest in the Orange Bowl and getting to play one of those elite programs. Who knows? Maybe a Bama. Like who? We, who knows? Right. 
I think right. that's what Wake Forest needs to be looking at. And of course, just win every week. Yeah. They, they have Louisville next week. And then what you're referring to, three straight ranked teams, NC State, North Carolina, Syracuse, and then Duke. Duke is a really good Duke. Yes. Team. So this this ending is tough for Wake. And, and a Louisville team that's getting better this week. I mean, yep. when I look at this schedule and I see NC State, that they are what they are, still have a really good defense. UNC, that's probably going to be much higher than 22 by the time that they play. Syracuse, that may still be in the top 18 when they get to play them. And then a Duke team, look out. Who knows? Will they at be Duke. ranked at the end of the year at Duke, who they've turned this thing around? So Wake Forest, if, if you think I'm crazy, they have an unbelievable opportunity right here to make some noise. That strength of record, KG, people will get caught up on strength of schedule. That's pre you're looking at it. You don't know what's going to happen. Strength of record is real. Like, what's going on right now? How impressive, a la Clemson with a potential top 10 win with Wake Forest here. That's impressive. People care about what do they do after you play as well as before. So they've got a real opportunity here if they take care of business. For sure. Speaking of Duke, I, do you have anything else on BC? They had 11 penalties. Like, it was just... Uh, no, just rough. move on. Next yeah, year. Next we'll year for BC. Next year. Okay, Duke and Miami. I said Miami's going to cover. This is a game where Mac and I were completely disagreeing. Um, <laughs> sir, you had Clemson covering. So, yeah, well, anyway... that was five turnovers. Nobody knew that one. We I both went three and one this Miami week. had eight turnovers. What am I talking about? <laughs> we both went three and one. I think it was a pretty good weekend. Duke beats Miami 45-21. Miami has eight turnovers. Mac, how? How... Sorry, I was I was honestly I got I was about to cuss. How in the heck do you have eight turnovers? Most in a power most by a power five team since 2009. Most in a power five conference game since 2008. Three mm. interceptions, five fumbles. I know TVD got hurt. Yeah. That was part of it. Jake Garcia threw some head scratching picks. He also yeah. had some great plays. Colby yeah. Young is really emerging for them, but baller. Garcia had some super head-scratching picks. And I want to give Duke credit too, Mac, because when, my, when Miami came storming back with that Colby Young touchdown and took the lead, that's right. where Duke could have folded. And they said, no, 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 we're, we're still better. And so that was, a, <laughs> that was impressive by Duke. Well, it, it was this really weird run because, as you said, you know, I'm looking at the score. You know, Duke's winning. You feel comfortable, at least I, Duke, for my pick. And I'm like, okay, this is great. I get to the studio. I leave my hotel room. I get to the studio. <laughs> Miami's and up. Miami had scored two touchdowns in a span of five minutes. Like, it was crazy to see the explosion. Two-play touchdown, Duke fumbles, four-play touchdown. I'm just like, oh, my gosh, what is happening? Uh, but they're so resilient. And I think that just speaks yeah, to this Duke team. Listen, I, I know football is is not like golf. There are no handicaps. There is no – our schedule's really hard. We played really good. This is what happened. We fought in every game. Give us credit. There is none of that. It's did you win? Did you lose? But for my analysis and seeing this Duke team, KG, they have fought their tails off. They were down 20-3 to to Georgia Tech in a game that I think a year ago they lose like 35-3. to This year they storm back, get it to overtime, unfortunately lose. A North Carolina game, a year ago they don't have any juice to be even close to that game fighting to the very end. Should have won, but teammates didn't do their part of the deal. Miami team gets up a touchdown and, and some change. You think it's over. They blow them out, 45-21. to 21. Mike Elko, if he's not receiving Coach of the Year votes, I don't know what you're watching, people. Yeah. This dude is balling right now. I think it's got to be Mike Elko right now. And sometimes 
we end up giving the coach of the year to the most improved, which maybe is fair, maybe is not. I mean, Dabo Sweeney right. with what he's doing yeah. with a roster that's very similar, and they lost three games last year. Dave yeah. Clawson, I think, should always be in the coach of the year discussion. <laughs> Mac Brown, whatever. So, But right now, what Elko's doing, they're one game away from bowl eligibility. They have BC, Virginia Tech, Pitt, and Wake left. They're going to do it. It's <laughs> it's really impressive. This was the biggest win over Miami in school history. So yeah. just blown away by what Duke's doing. Now they have a bye week, so they can rest up a little bit. And Riley Leonard, who's just out here um, truck-sticking people and just putting his body on the line, tough as nails. It's it's good for him <laughs> to get a bye week. Give, give, give me your number here. Duke will be 7-4. and four playing Wake Forest over under. Yeah. I agree. I mean I think they're I would, gonna be eight and three. I think they're gonna be eight and three, potentially ranked. I think Wake they Forest. beat BC, they beat Virginia Tech, they lose at Pitt. Why? Pitt is terrible. It's not terrible. I think they just terrible. going to Pitt, Duke on the road. Duke on the road, even though they beat Miami. That's true. That's true. That might be broken though with this Miami game. Perhaps. We'll we'll talk no, about I think Pitt. They go three and we'll talk I think about they go three Pitt in a second. But before we get to that, we have to I think we have to talk about Miami just for a second here, Mac. Just how bad they are. What what do you do? T V D's hurt. That that is definitely a factor. And you know, it's a shoulder injury. Who knows if he if he's really hurt, if he I mean, I know he's hurt. I'm talking about the injuries is 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 very serious. Long term, yeah, long term. If he's out for the year, whatever. This is just not how especially Miami fans, expected this first season under Mario Cristobal to go. No shot. No shot. Is this it, as bad funny. as it could have been? Like, it, could it be worse? No, absolutely not. Absolutely. I mean, I guess if you won no games. I but, guess. Um, Theoretically. No, I, I don't think so. Because, I, I mean, it's something where, like, even just the the identity of the team, the effort, the passion – like doesn't feel present at all to me. And th- there was like a spurt where offensive line was looking really good. We're running the ball and then it disappeared. And there's a spurt where we're throwing the ball all over the yard. And now because of the, the injury, that's probably going to disappear. There was a couple of games in a row where the Miami defensive line was balling. Yep. They weren't even sniffing Riley in this game. So it, it's a really weird identity crisis where now your head coach is calling out players and saying they're not giving effort. And, they need to move on if they don't want to do that here. So it's a weird spot, I think. And also for Coach Cristobal, like, I can't imagine what he's feeling. Because if he truly sees that, and, and he'll probably see it last night or right now um, watching the film, mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine a guy that is that obsessive, that passionate about where he is to see people not giving 100%. Like, that is that probably, like, actually hurts him yeah, physically, physically to yeah. watch. To see that and, and to be like, get off of my field. Take that logo off of your helmet. Like, you do not deserve to do this. And, and so for me, it's going to be fascinating to see this offseason because, uh, honestly, the season is what it is. Like, well, if you somehow – Okay, before we talk about that, will they make a bowl? That's what I'm saying. If you somehow go bowling, okay. awesome. Don't really care because half your team's probably going to opt out. But, That's a good point. like, this offseason will be fascinating. Number one, who leaves – could be some massive names. Mm-hmm. Number two, who do you go get? Because it can't mm-hmm. just be high school recruits. You got to go to just, You got to go get instant stuff and and try to supplement that with your Agreed. recruiting. It's going to be fascinating, KG. Mm-hmm. It's, it really is. They look the rest of their schedule. They need to win three of the last five. The winnable games are Virginia, Georgia yep. Tech, and Pitt. Yep. They yeah, also okay, so they're, they're go bowling. It's possible, yes. but without TBD, if he's out. 
Yeah, that's true too, actually. Yeah. Man. It's going to be very tough. Hold on, Miami. Crazy times down in South Beach. Okay, our final game here, Mac. Louisville defeats Pittsburgh 24-10, to as we told you they would here on the pod. <laughs> and Louisville with some new life. Malik Cunningham back. Didn't play the whole game, but had some spurts. That trick play, that the reverse back to him where he ran it yeah. was really impressive. He should have scored. That kind of ticked me off, to be honest. He should have. But I, I <laughs> He thought, was like, I'm too wide open. I don't know what to do with all this space. That happens. I thought the main story from this game – and I hate to call out one person and, and be hard on someone, but Keaton Slovis just is struggling. And I think he, yeah. in many ways, he lost this game for them. The two picks, the turnovers were so costly. And without Abanacanda, they don't score 10. I mean, Izzy Abanacanda is still at 129 yards. He was still great. But the quarterback play at Pitt has been a problem. It's been really bad. Yeah. It's been really, really bad. There, I mean, there's times where I'm like questioning, what are we looking at? There's times where I'm questioning, why, why are we making that throw? Why are you not making that throw? Mm-hmm. And just the overall continuity and identity is just to run it. Like, let's just and give it to teams Izzy. pick up on that. <laughs> and it's, t- I mean, it's tough. Even with him, you know, getting the ball 28 times, having 130 yards still, like there just has to be more continuity. And there just absolutely isn't. So, I don't know. It's a weird thing that they didn't make a change at all, um, you know, to anything, try to get some type right. of juice because your season still relatively was, you know, in the balance of trying to make a coastal championship. Now it's it's dwindling quickly and probably gone, to be quite honest. And also just the, the defense. The defense to me has probably mm, been too. the most I agree. Uh, underwhelming, disappointing, just because that D-line I thought was going to be yeah. Crazy good. And Kalajic Kansi individually has been a monster. Like that dude's going to be probably a first round draft pick, second round draft pick. But just holistically, I, I thought we would see so much more from them and we haven't. And, and so I don't know, Pitt, you're in a weird spot and uh, you, you got to do something. You got to figure something out because you're a bad football team right now. And just from a execution standpoint, the entire game, I mean, that game was so ugly until Louisville finally right. you know, started playing and started figuring out. And then to, to look at them, I mean, Louisville's defense was unbelievable. Those guys were absolutely getting after Keaton. It didn't really show up in the sack you know, number. I think they had two, but pressures, tackles for loss, they were all up in his grill, making him make horrible decisions. And that was a part touchdown. of it. That was part yeah, of it. Yeah, scored a touchdown defensively. Um, so Louisville, I mean, two in a row, making some strides here. And the, the team of mystery having a little consistency here, KG, getting two wins in a row, um, it comes at a good time because you're, you're welcoming a really, really good Wake Forest team uh, to your house Saturday afternoon. I just think part of it, too, is Louisville is, is really looking better at home. And we talked about how they'd only played two home games up until this game. Right. So that's going to pay off for them in the second half of the schedule. Also, I think Tyler Hudson. Wow, sorry, that was loud. That was my phone. <laughs> Tyler Hudson, <laughs> my bad. Um, I can't wait to go back and see my reaction. I literally just almost jumped out of my chair. <laughs> don't worry. It's not the grass guy at the door. Whoa, whoa. Um, but I feel like Hudson is emerging as kind of a go-to weapon. And that was our big question with Louisville is who's going to be some of those go-to skill players for right. Malik Cunningham to target. And as you said, Matt, the schedule, they, they still have a lot of meat on the bone, Louisville does, yeah. but a lot yeah. of games at home. And that's what Which you Which is need. great. Yeah, and one thing, you know, I'm, I don't know how many Louisville fans we have tuning in here checking us out, but I, I really like to challenge them. I'd like to challenge them because I thought it was going to be packed, sold out, lit, and it really wasn't. I was kind of disappointed. There was a lot of empty seats. I mean, the upper deck was like bare-boned. And so for your first night game for primetime, a 
the coastal, the ACC champion coming to town, it's homecoming. I thought it would be a lot better turnout than that. And so, I don't know. Let's uh, let's get it going, Cards fans. That, that was a little disappointing. Something tells me that there will be a few more fans in the stands this weekend against Wake Forest. And also that something tells me that Eric McLean will be at Louisville, I believe. Come on. He's calling that game. So Woo! I will be tuned in. No doubt about it. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm excited to go to Louisville and hang out with those guys. Um, never been as outside of a player. So that should be a, Louisville's a, a great fun town. time. We do love yeah. Louisville. Great town. That's right. As I'm our buddy Zach Orr would say, Louisville's a drinking town. <laughs> but I know you won't be doing that, Mac. <laughs> well, you know, it'll be boring for me. Whatever. I'll, I'll take my friends around. Um, I also want to give a shout out to uh, Coach Elliott, getting that big dub. That yes. was an ugly game on Thursday night. We Ooh. didn't have a chance to talk about that, but they found a way and uh, they got it done. Their defense played really, really well, uh, essentially won that game for them over a Georgia Tech team that was pretty hot. So uh, just still long way to go there for Virginia. Got to keep figuring it out. It's something that is an interesting situation, no doubt, but uh Miami, Virginia had pretty high expectations for both those teams and, you know, two head coaches that are just trying to find their way and get their program rolling. There is no point in trying to predict the Coastal. It is just a silly exercise. <laughs> but with that Georgia Tech loss, and of course, we hope we hope Jeff Sims is OK. That that was a huge part of that game. Right. His of injury. Course. But it really feels like North Carolina is in the driver's seat. Which, in the you know. It's, it's dangerous because you never know. You maybe r- rather be kind of lurking and then kind of take it in the coastal chaos. Um, we'll see. I can't wait. Next weekend's going to be loaded, guys. Can't wait to break it all down. We'll, of course, have a massive guest for you on Wednesday and then Friday talk about all these games as we always do. But that's it from us, Gramlick and Mac Lane. Thank you for tuning in. Go over to YouTube. Check us out. Subscribe. Rate, review. It's always fun to hear from you guys. That number has just been awesome to see. Can't thank you all enough for tuning in. Uh, But until next time, we'll see y'all.